this is where Texas politics gets interesting. Here again are two guys named Jason, some great guests, and cold Texas beer for another smart conversation on Yolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas. Hey everybody, welcome back for another week of Yolitics. We are on, what, take three now? Take uh, three already. We're not even out of the gate yet. Y- well, you know, I always say in broadcasting, if you're going to mess up, do it quick and early so that you can start all over. Every time for some is that, reason... Is that what you always say? Yeah, <laughs> do it quick and early. <laughs> yes, that is actually. It's my mantra. Um, so, you know, every time, you know, we get together and we're actually in person together, which is not as common as it used to be, you would think it would make it easier because we can actually see each other and right. look at each other. And every time we start at the same time, we start talking. It's odd. It's it is bizarre. Odd. Uh, it's like we both are just dying to get out of the gates with something real important to say, but neither of us really has anything important to say. Not at all. Uh, we tell, are, us, yeah, tell our viewers, our listeners, our viewers and viewers here, we're, we're recording this too now that we're going to start putting on YouTube, by the way. Right. If you haven't looked at podcasts on YouTube, yeah. then apparently you haven't lived because it's a thing now. Uh, our guest today uh, is a big podcast listener, I think. I am, yes. Uh, are you a watcher as well? No, because I'm normally listening while, you know, I'm cleaning my house or doing dishes or driving around. So, yeah. YouTube is betting on that you are going to become a podcast viewer, though, too. Okay, well. Ho- hold that thought No, there. I love to bring in a voice that we haven't introduced yet. No, that's good. I but, love doing that. But we are all together. Yes. And, and I think we should tell our uh, listeners and our viewers who can see where we are. The location. Uh, Yeah, we're at a place called Odd Muse, O-D-D Muse. Uh, And you think, Odd Muse, that's odd. It's Uh, a brewery. It's a brewery. It is in Farmer's Branch, but it's a weird little branch of Farmer's Branch. It's just south of Addison, just uh, to the west of Dallas, uh, kind of not that far from Carrollton. If you know where the Galleria is in Dallas, then you know where this is. It's a stone's throw away. Uh, and Odd Muse basically was named uh, after the, in Odd, you've got some initials there, and those are the initials of the owner's daughters. And uh, Muse is because he says they are his inspiration, which is great. I love that. I love a good story behind that. And, and what's interesting about this location is that a listener told us about this. Yep. A guy named Kevin O'Brien sent us a list and said, hey, you guys, you need to, to branch out a little bit, and here are two or three places. Mm-hmm. So this is the first place we got on the, uh, have on the map. And we're going to check out the others, too. So, Kevin, thanks a lot for this recommendation. We really appreciate that. And here we are. Wait, wait what are you having? Uh, what am I? I'm having the Ambibulous. 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 I like that I have name no a lot. idea how to spell that. Uh, but Bobby uh, Diaz, our, uh, uh, the owner of Odd Muse here, said they're about to release this beer. It's a pre-prohibition Pilsner. Interesting. And it looks very light. It is delicious. Though. I've had the 500 pesos from here, too, which is a Mexican-style lager, and it's very good. Well, if you turn out uh, to like that one, uh, by the way, they started here in 2019, December 2019, pretty much the worst time you could have ever started a business that brings people together because that was right before the pandemic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow they survived that, uh, and along the way they got really smart, and they started canning in there. So you can buy this stuff to go. You can get a whole you know, six-pack of it or whatever. Um, I am having today, I surprised you. I know yeah, I surprised you, you uh, because I did not go for the beach feels, which was the sour fruitish kind of beer with You're lactose. A fruity guy. I, I, I like sour beers with lactose. It's right. weird. It's a weird thing. That is uh, weird. But then I'm also on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, and it, this is called the Opulence. This is an Imperial Stout. Uh, and Bobby sold this one to me because he described it and it sounded just like me. 
He said it. What it, was the description? It, it is intense and dense. <laughs> <laughs> and on both of those things Bobby, sometimes. Bobby, that's pretty good, man. You, you just met him, but that was spot on. That was spot on. And, and I was like, what did you call me? Oh, you're talking about the beer. Yeah. So listen, it's, uh, it's April now, and we have municipal elections coming up. Mm-hmm. Which usually uh, people sleep through those. They're sleeper elections, and, and everyone talks, about, oh, the turnout's terrible. You know, municipal elections are the elections for mayoral positions, mm-hmm. uh, city council, bonds for some school districts, and... For school boards. And basically, this is the stuff that touches you the most as far as elected positions go. But these are the ones that people just skip, pay no attention to. I don't know who's running. I don't know when election day is. I don't care about it. Blah, blah, blah. First off, before we dive in, election day is May 6th. Early voting starts on April 24th. It runs through May 2nd. If you think you're going to be really busy on May 6th. And you ought to pay attention to these. You know, we say this every time, but, you know, more and more, uh, you know, these local elections, this is where the, the, the lines are drawn. This is where the battleground really is now. You know, we think that Senate and president and all that stuff gets heated. Man, you, you, you look at the money and the effort that's being poured into these local races that really affect your life. You said pay attention to it. You know who is paying attention to this? Oh, I know who is. Grassroots Republicans. Uh-huh. They have organized around this for several years. Uh, Tommy Hicks, the co-chair of the uh, of the Republican National Committee, said, "Listen, we are targeting these. Yeah. We're starting at the bottom. We'll work ourselves up. This is strategic. And it's it, it's and it's paying dividends for the Republicans. And Democrats have been racing just to get off the blocks to try to 100%. catch up to that, and yeah. and and so far haven't 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 done it. So we have on our uh, program with us today, Lainey Hawes. And Remember that name? You might recognize her voice. Yep, here I am. From last fall. When were you last on with us here? Last August. August, I believe, August. yeah. August, it has been. We've almost been through an entire school year since the last yes, time we, we talked have. to you. Yes. And the reason we have you back on is because you, you told us in the first podcast last August yep. that, that you guys were concerned and upset about what's happening in your school district where your four yep. children go in, in uh, Keller ISD. Which is just north of Fort Worth. In Tarrant County. And I think one of the questions we had, one of the statements you made was, you are going to meet this challenge by organizing as well and actually... You followed through with that. We did. So Um, what's happened in the last... Yeah, so last last spring, so the last... Year ago. elections yeah. mm-hmm. last May we were taken off guard we were not prepared for the amount of work had been, that had gone into these elections for our school board elections and we were completely taken off guard um, when all of this work came in right all of these people had come in and they had been preparing and planning and funding and up until this point school board elections had been really quite boring right mm-hmm. and so we were completely taken off guard when all of a sudden oh my goodness there's Somebody spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in here for these school board elections, and they've been coordinating, and they've been coordinating for months and months and months, and we had no idea it was coming. Well, tell listeners what happened in Keller ISD, because they might not be familiar with that district specifically. Right, and it was a lot. Um, So as soon as the school board races started last spring, I think we started to see it probably in March, when things started ramping up and people had filed to run. We started getting mailers and we started seeing ads, but they weren't coming from individuals. They were coming from an organization called Patriot Mobile. Mm -hmm. And that 
was on all the ads, you know, who had paid for it. And I had never heard of Patriot Mobile up until that point. So it was like a political action. It was a political action committee. It's called Patriot Mobile Action. They have a company as well that's just a corporation, but they have a, a sidearm that is their uh, pack. And ultimately. this is a Christian group. It is a Christian cell phone company, mm-hmm. um, widely touted, you know, at CPAC and by Donald Trump Jr., right? Like it's part of very much. Yep. It's part um, of the fabric there. Yep, reaching, part of the fabric. And reaching way down into local elections. Reaching way down into local elections. Unbeknownst to us, uh, Patriot Mobile had decided they were going to invest half a million dollars into four school board, school district races. They had a goal to take over four school boards because they believed, and they, they had a big interview with Steve Bannon at CPAC last year where they openly said this, this isn't a secret, you know, they bragged about it ultimately after they had successfully taken over four school boards, but they believed that that is, I think they called it the, the key that turns the lock, right, was the school boards. So they decided to come into our communities, unbeknownst to us again, and interview and hand select 11 candidates in four different school districts, exactly what they would need to have a majority on each of these four school boards. They then injected that half a million dollars into our communities through mailers and online advertising. Um, Lots of mailers, lots of extreme messaging, right? Fear-mongering messaging. Um, You know, your children are reading pornography at schools, right? Um, there's, your children are being, you know, reading woke CRT at schools, things like that. Um, imaging that was, that was ultimately terrifying with a picture of a crying child and a book in her hand, on, right? And then, and then our three candidates saying, you know, we're gonna come in and save your kids. Well, quickly to point out, Keller ISD is in one of the most conservative areas anywhere. And I, I, I can, probably assure you pretty well that that stuff like that is not happening there because I think that community around there would be highly upset right if that were actually right. happening some other parts of the state right maybe so I mean Keller I will ISD say I mean to, to be to be realistic there are some books that have been on shelves that are worth a discussion right to say that oh no there's you know there's nothing that has ever been on shelves that in, no one would ever you know that anyone would find offensive right no I agree that there are books that some parents may find problematic and I think that is worth a discussion but no would I call it pornography absolutely not well the last time we talked we were going down a list and, th- yes. and that's why we had you on because yeah. you know you were incensed by this list of, of uh, books 41. to be banned or books to be questioned uh, there in the district that included the diary of Anne Frank the graphic novel adaptation right Right. the Bible the Bible Bible. was on the list right they got pulled for a while right so Patriot Mobile came in they're funding right and we we as parents can't can't compete not only can we not compete financially but we weren't prepared right and also we have what a hundred dollars that I'm raising four children right Uh, with my husband we don't we're not made of money I don't have $20,000 $20,000 to invest into someone else's campaign. But they could say, this is the game. We're not doing anything illegal. And they're not and doing anything illegal. Yeah, they say it's their prerogative absolutely. to be able to pour that money in. Right. And then you, if you would disagree with it and you want to match them, then now you've got to play that game. Yeah. And ultimately, I don't want to play that game with my children. Whatever. I mean, politics can be disgusting in all sorts of ways and that we all know the finances are disgusting and dark money or whatever and packs and whatever. But for my children's education, that to me was a step too far. Like, let's, let's keep this garbage. And, and the laughable part to me is this disingenuous messaging that was coming from Patriot Mobile and their candidates. We want to keep politics out of schools. Oh, you want to keep politics out of schools and you, a political action committee, 
not even in my school district. You don't have children here. You don't have grandchildren here. Just spent half a million dollars in North Texas to get your candidates elected to push your agenda. How in the world can you go to church on Sundays? Because that's what they do, right? They, that, it's about Christian. And, and, and truthfully tell us that your goal is to keep politics out of schools. It's laughable, really. So Patriot Mobile successfully got four yes, people elected. they did. Um, th that changed things at Keller ISD. And that Our made dynamic. A, that, that made a lot of headlines. I, I, one of the reasons we wanted to follow up with you is because you put your money where your mouth is, yep. and you created a 501c4. Yep. You and I think a few other parents. Yes. Uh, which What's is it the, called? Um, Keller ISD Families for Public Education. And a 501c4, I had to look at it. I know what a C3 is a nonprofit. A C4 is a nonprofit as well, but it's for social issues, for political organizations. Yes. It's not a PAC, but it's it's the official designation there with the IRS. You guys are campaigning for two candidates. You, you've made endorsements. You guys are organized block walking. Yep. Um, obviously, as you stated early on here, the way you win races is with cash money. You guys have received, I think, a $20,000 donation. Is that what I... No. Oh, no. I, I wish we had $20,000. I misread that no. then. Oh, how, no. much, how much do you have, Lainey? How much is it going to take to get your... We get don't your, have very much money at all. Um, there's another it's pack. Hard. Yeah, there is. It is hard. There's another pack in our community called the KISD Family Alliance. And they're ultimately what we're calling the sister pack to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile's coming into communities and helping them set up these local packs. Um, their pack received a $20,000 donation from Monty Bennett. Okay. Um, we have, I think all is said and done, maybe about $5,000, give or what, take. What can you do with that? Well, interestingly enough, we're a 501c4, so we aren't going to use all that money for campaigning. A lot of it will be for advocacy and building up like our, our mission, right? As a 501c4, we can only spend 49% or less of our funding on political issues. Mm. So it, it, it's, our organization isn't just a political organization. We're also committed to building up public education's reputation and trust in the community and supporting educators. But with that money, it, it, we are extremely grassroots, right? I mean, we, it is a bunch of parents and neighbors offering here's $100, here's $300, here's $25, right? That's added up to about $5,000, give or take. What can we do? Right now, we have realized we have one goal and that is voter turnout. That's it. Because if the exact same people vote in the elections that have been voting, who voted last year, we're not going to win because the messaging is the same. Mm. The only thing we can do to win is by inspiring new people to vote so who've never voted before. So and that's what we're focusing on. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. Oh, you're fine. Go and, ahead, keep and, and I did the same thing to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, can we start over like we had to at the beginning no, of the podcast? a good conversation has lots of interrupting. That's what I say. I agree. I like that. Uh, so uh, uh, do you think that you're you're moving the meter? Uh, uh, you know, uh, have you seen, have you talked to people there in the district as you all go door to door or call around or, you know, gather together or get on Facebook? Have you heard from people who say, you know, admittedly, I don't vote in May elections. I've never voted in a school board election, but you've gotten my attention or they've gotten my attention and I need to at least pay attention to what's going on. We're starting to hear little inklings of that. We still are 
trying to be really optimistic, but realistic. We did an event, uh, we did a bunch of neighborhood events this last weekend where we set up booths at these neighborhood Easter events. I would still say 90% of the people we talked to said, I had no idea whether there was even a school board election coming up in four weeks, no idea. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's a little bit disappointing. Um, but no, we have talked to some people. I, we do know that what Keller ISD has gone through over the last nine months-ish has opened some eyes. We know that absolutely for sure. We know that when we go on the news, you know, every time somebody turns on the news and Keller ISD is in the news again, for probably a not a good reason, um, it is getting a people's attention. We are hopeful that we will see something different at the polls this year, but we are working as though it's that nothing has changed, right? So the next three weeks is really important for us. We have 20,000 pass along cards we hope to get out in the community. We're, we are ready to click print more if we need to print more. We are going to share them every, everywhere we can. We need our community to know less than 10% of the adults in our community vote in school board elections. And we really- That's really pathetic. No, and it is pathetic. And we do believe that our kids deserve better. And something we've learned all over America, and we were, you were talking about this, when it, in terms of po local politics, mayors, city councils, things like that, school boards, the reality is when less than 10% of our electorate, and, and this is pretty typical nationwide for, mm -hmm, sure. especially for elections that are not during big elections, right? right? So anytime you're gonna have these spring elections, um, low voter turnout will almost always lead to misrepresentation. And it will almost always lead to extremism mm -hmm. in either direction. Mm -hmm. Because the people who are actually voting are likely the most extreme. Um, not the ones who are apathetic, everything's going fine, I'm kind of middle ground, I don't really, you know, everything's fine, I'm not, it's not that big of a deal, they're not voting. So those that are voting are those that have really, really strong, potentially extreme opinions. Mm -hmm. And so we really believe, again, trying to be optimistic but realistic, that this school board doesn't represent our community. Um, I, we may be proven wrong, you know, but we want our school board to actually represent our kids and our community, um, both in what they look like and how they vote, but also in the fact that they're not being funded by an organization outside of the district, right? Mm. Because as much as they want to say, oh no, no, we're voting for kids. Well, we all know that their re-election's gonna come up and they're gonna need that same money to win. So they're gonna need to keep one group of people happier than anyone else. And it's those that wrote the checks for those mailers. And that is terrifying to us. So yeah, no, we've got this 501c4, we're door knocking, we're on social media, but we also believe that we have to reach a different market than who already is interested. So we're trying to get creative, right? We've saturated kind of this social media market that we've been talking to for the last nine months. We gotta go find new ways to find people who haven't been listening. So we're knocking doors, we're at grocery stores, pass everywhere we can. I was just gonna joke, are you just uh, approaching people at the grocery store? There you are. Um, 100%. <laughs> are you really? I'm wow. gonna t I take my cards with me when I go jogging in the park. <laughs> wow. Every time I pass someone in my park, they get a card. Hmm. Because they're in, they live in my neighborhood. There's a 99% chance they're a voter in Keller wow. ISD. Hmm. So you mentioned that you guys are getting a lot of attention and, and uh, not yes. all the attention is positive. You've gotten some pushback, and I want to read a tweet uh, that, that was sent out by uh, Eric Leist from, uh, who is he with? Ed Eric Leist. He's Leist. with Edgerton Strategies. Edgerton he's the political strategist. A, a really big political strategist here in North Texas, including for our school board members and Patriot Mobile and the Tarrant County GOP and uh, Nate Schatzline. So I he is, he is their political strategist. Uh, Eric, I, forgive me for not knowing your last name. Clearly, Laney knows it here, but Eric was tweeting about Laney, and here's, here's the, I'm going to read his tweet. And this was when? This was... Uh, February, I think? Uh, I think it was in February. Yeah, he says, 
Uh, Eric Lee says, school library porn apologist Lainey Hawes, who's on the podcast here, has started a dark money group in Keller ISD to push her anti-family agenda. Her cohort of allies in the district includes an Antifa gun club and Satanists. Yeah. No joke (laughs) is in parentheses. It's a lot to unpack there. There Keller ISD families don't share these radical values. What's your reaction to that? Well, When when you saw that, because I, I don't think you were... You talked about how rough and tumble politics can be. Were you ready for something like this? Well, I've been called those names before. The names actually were to be almost expected. Are you a porn apologist? I am not a library porn apologist at all. Absolutely not. I'm not even a porn apologist. (laughs) (laughs) Library aside. Do you have a dark money group? Uh, I mean, okay, so interestingly enough, some people would call a 501c4 a dark money group. Hmm. So if that's what you want to call it, I guess I do. I've got an organization where people in our community can donate money. Um, Satanists? Satanist Antifa Gun Club? Right. Are, they all, are they all members? Uh, right, right, right. Um, interestingly enough, well, so the accusations were kind of to be expected. I've been called these things. The one part you didn't mention was that in that tweet was my full legal name, my, lame's na- my legal name's not Laney. Mm-hmm. I have a full legal name. My husband's full legal name um, and the address to our home mm-hmm. with the deed number. Those mm-hmm. were the to attachments to the, the, to to the, the tweet. tweet that Eric Lee so um, doxing. Uh, yeah, there. ultimately doxing. But yeah. apparently it's legal because he was able to find those things on the Tarrant County right register of homes. So what and, happened after he shared that out uh, with, with your um, so I actually was I actually was told by, I was at a class teaching at the gym when I when it when it went and I finished teaching the class and my watch was like going crazy right I was getting all these notifications and it was a bunch of my friends who'd seen it I have blocked him a long time ago um, because he's one of the people that just likes to harass me online um, so I don't you know I, I blocked him I don't I don't need that I don't need I don't need the negativity in my life and I had a few friends that were saying hey Lainey your address is out there Lainey it's your address because I have four children in my home right and I knew that when I decided to, to enter this and kind of get myself into the public eye I recognized there was a little bit of that but yeah this was my address and I have four young children at home um, first thing I did was I called my husband uh, let him know because he's also an attorney um, and he, you know, it's like, these are our lives and our jobs and our right. livelihood. And he has a job and, you know, we just want to keep everything safe. Um, did he say back off? Oh yeah. He called, he called, he immediately actually called Nate Schatzline's office. Cause Nate is a state legislature and who he retweeted, retweeted it. Yeah. He but he called, didn't, he didn't tell you, your husband didn't tell you to back oh, off. Oh no. My husband would never dare <laughs> tell me to do anything. First of all, he knows I wouldn't back off anyway. So no, I don't even think that like would ever even enter his mind to like suggest I back right. off. Not Wait, even so, a little. Th- so this was amplified though. Yes. On Twitter. Uh, okay. And, and, uh, and, and that gives it a, a whole, you know, mm-hmm. a whole nother platform essentially. I looked for that on that state rep's Twitter feed. Oh, yeah, he deleted it. And I couldn't find it. I called him out on it. Uh, my husband called his office. It actually, he, he deleted, thankfully, and I'll give him credit for that. Um, he deleted his retweet as soon as we contacted him. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if he realized my home address was on there. I don't even know if he read the tweet before he retweeted it. He claims he didn't realize it was my home address and the deed to my home. I don't know. Um, I also called the police. I filed a police report. Uh, we have a really great uh, neighborhood police officer, actually, where I live. Uh, I talked to him, and they are—they just did patrols around my home. They recommended I take my signs out of my yard that were like about my kids, you know, like you know they do here in Texas, like park, sure. you know, whatever, like yeah. the names of your, of your kids' activities. So we took those out of our, um, our front yard. 
I remember my daughter came home and she's like, why'd you take my sign down that said I was, you know, a courageous character or whatever it was. I was like, oh, and my husband was like, it was going to rain. We didn't want it to get wet. And she's in first grade. That's great. Um, so yeah, no, we just filed a police report. The police just did basic patrols. Um, I'm not a person who lives in fear. So I didn't feel a lot of fear, but there, I have to be realistic, right? And I am bringing my children into this just by the simple fact, right? I bring, because I bring my children in, I, ha I have to be careful. See, my husband and I kind of had a conversation of what we were going to look for and how, you know, how to be careful. But no, I'm, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm saying it's great that you can shield your kids from it, but you still feel it. Yeah. yeah. And I told my older children, my old, I have a son who is in high school, mm -hmm. and he read the tweet about being a library porn apologist. And he thought it was the funniest thing. He shared it with all of his friends. And they're like, your mom's a porn, a po like, she lets you watch porn? And he's, and he's like, like, no, I no. can assure you. And he was yeah. like, like, he's like, mom, these people, they clearly don't know you. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, you've got all these locks on our phone, you know, my phone and whatever. I'm like, yeah, no, Henry, of course, like, yes. I am not a library porn apologist. And weren't there some other messages too from from people who commented and so forth who 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 went further? Oh yeah, there was a woman. Her profile picture is her holding an AR-15, and she said, "I even know the layout to her home." Wow. Yeah, and it's a woman in our community that I know who goes to school board meetings and wears her Alex Jones was right Infowars T-shirt. And wow. this is all you, and you say this is all because you decided to get involved because you didn't like what was going on at the school board in your community. This sounds like, I yeah. mean, it, it, it makes me, you know, if you're telling me this story, I think, well, I would never want to get involved with the school board in my community then. Is there a chilling effect? That yeah, no, occurs? it actually has been that. I'm glad you brought that up. It's been hard for people to even be interested in running for school board anymore, any reasonable, decent people from, and I'm not saying regardless of political affiliation, right? It's been hard to find people who are willing to do that because they know this is what they're going to be up against, right? I mean, we have really good, decent people that were on the board last time that terrible accusations made against them about trying to give our children pornography and whatever. These are decent people who are just actually trying to help the community. So the chilling effect has been now as well that decent people don't want to run for local office. Mm. And so now extremists want to run for office. And we've seen what has, uh, you know, how a lot of school board meetings, not, you know, just in Keller, but in, in many places have just devolved into these, I mean, fight fests. The I police, mean, the police are at all of our school board meetings to make sure nothing goes awry. Yes. People are asked to leave. Yeah, no, it's, it can. Um, when things got really, really intense for a while, there were even now still, there are a group, when we go to school board meetings, because we don't miss them, they're a group of us parents, we always walk out to our cars together always walk to our cars together what are you what are you concerned about um i, I i'm trying again i'm not someone who lives in fear so I, it's not like i really think something's gonna you know happen to me but no i need to be realistic and know that there are people who really really hate me um and so i'm just trying to keep myself safe i right like i don't know i, I mean worst case scenario yeah like a, someone with a gun in the parking lot who wants to silence me and shut me up like that that's the reality of the situation are you concerned th that much about that around a school board in suburban tarrant county i mean again i'm not a super like person who lives in fear so I'm, i want to say no but i can't not be realistic to the situation this is the things like this aren't completely out of the question especially in a gun-loving community and I, and and this like for example the woman who posted she knows the layout to my home like these people brag about open carry you know I don't, I don't i don't know are they going to i i can't just pretend that that's not a reality 
So I do have to watch out. I don't live in fear by any means, but I'm, I'm realistic. Social media is one thing, though. I mean, you see messages back and forth, and people write things on there that they would never say to someone in person. We know that. Yeah. But, but you've been in those in-person situations as well. You've been to these school board meetings, and, and for people, I mean— <laughs> You know, a lot of people don't even bother to vote for school right. boards, much less show up at a school board meeting. How, you know, how angry does that get just between regular people sitting there in the audience from what you've seen? It gets pretty wild. Um, a lot of yelling from the microphone. What's interesting we've realized is when push comes to shove and you walk up against these people in real life, there's not much to be said. I always just smile real big and normally get an averted set of eyes. Um, I haven't had a lot of people walk. You up. see them at the grocery store, yeah, or, or at the park, or okay. at a football game. Absolutely, because uh, we're because we're all in the same school district, right? Mm -hmm. We yeah, we're at the same football games, we're at the same parks, we're at the same grocery stores. Um, I was approached once up face to face by a man who walked who came up to me and he said, "We know you're Antifa," and I didn't hear him. And I turned because it was at a school board meeting, and I was walking out. And I said, what, excuse me? Like I kind of tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, excuse, because I didn't quite hear him. And he was like, you heard it. We know you're Antifa. And I just, I can't, like, I don't, wow. I just walked away, like almost, almost laughing. Mm. I, I'm not Antifa. I'm a mom with four children in the school district who's really, really invested in their education and in their futures. Um, I, it's wild, man. Lainey, so you started this 501c4. You, yeah. you, you have support. You're, you're passing out these uh, cards with two candidates um, on it everywhere you see people. But, but tell me what's happened at the district in this same time as well. What's been going oh, on there? It's been really hard at the district level. I mean, first, giant shout out to all the educators, right, who are working really hard to teach our kids every day, even though this is all going on behind the scenes, right? right. Um, they're being villainized. They're expected to enact some of these policies that they wholeheartedly disagree with. Are there new policies that have been implemented? There are new policies that have been implemented. The first policy they implemented is what we like to call, and I'll tell you what they call it because that would be fair. We call it the book banning rubric. <laughs> they call it content guidelines, right? They call it a guideline exhibit. Um, they decided that the best way to prevent pornography from entering school libraries, as they call it, um, was to create this rubric. And they passed this rubric with lines and lines of things that can and cannot be in books. Um, it's really ridiculous. It's really hard to reduce a book to a checklist without looking at the value of a whole. Um, for example, the Bible will not pass this checklist, right? Is it, is it off the shelves? It's not off the shelves now, but uh, it has been challenged recently, so we shall see. Um, but that, that's the problem with this checklist is that, and it's nonsensical, it is contradictory. You can see it if you, I've tweeted about this, this uh, checklist. Um, and these librarians are ultimately being forced to take all these books and hold them against this checklist, right? Um, which is ultimately against their better professional judgment because they weren't, none of, they weren't educated and trained to reduce books to checklists, right? So some of the books that we've seen, we talked about the book, The Kite Runner. I don't know if you've read that book. Mm -hmm. This is a good example. This is a book that is a good explanation of this rubric and how it works. Because it depicts a sexual assault in it, um, the book will be banned. Now, the book is not pornography, nor is the depiction of the assault prurient right it's not it's not written to to evoke like sexual feelings it's a story a really heartbreaking realistic story of um the taliban and young kids and all that um and that will be 
you know, that book can't pass the rubric because it depicts that, right? It's one page in how many, 300 of a story wow. that, that I agree with many parents might not be appropriate for every student to read. I wholeheartedly am open to that conversation, right? But someone who thinks that their 17-year-old shouldn't read it shouldn't get to decide that mine shouldn't either. Anyway, so that rubric passed. That rubric has, I think, eight or nine lines. One of the most upsetting lines by far is a line about gender fluidity, which now ultimately, and I will say that they don't appreciate the word banning when I say banning. So I will say, I call it book banning when they remove it from shelves because it can't even be reconsidered to go on our shelves for 10 years or more. Right? For 10 mm. years. Once a book is wow. officially pulled, I call banned, they're going to call it pulling for, review, or not even review, they're pulling it for inappropriate materials. What happens to it? That's a really good question. Um, none of us really know where those books go. They're boxed up. Mm. And no one will answer us as to actually what happens to those books. Mm. Um, my greatest fear is that they're being boxed up and sent away with like the shredders. I don't know, right? I don't, I don't know what happens to these books. Um, I think just this year I counted, we have 40-something books that have been officially pulled from shelves for 10 years or more. And who uh, who starts that process? Is it anybody? Anybody with a vested interest in the community is which, allowed which is to parents, challenge. Which parents, anybody, right? You don't even have to live in Keller ISD if you can say that you have an interest in Keller ISD. Mm -hmm. Maybe you own a business there. Maybe you, you know, huh. anybody. And as soon as they challenge that book, it's pulled from shelves for review. Um, and these librarians then have to, and so going on, these librarians then have to decide what they want to do. Well, this is against their better judgment. And if they're not sure, this is a problem too, if they're not sure about a book, because remember this rubric isn't completely clear, right? It's, if they aren't sure, they're terrified that if they make the wrong choice and piss off the wrong person and put the book back on shelves, they're going to lose their jobs. Not because the district will necessarily fire them, but because they will become a target of the kind of hate that I've been at the receiving end and that many librarians have already been at the receiving end in our district. They're being blasted all over social media. People are demanding they be fired, you know, for, you know, like trying to hurt our children. Um, so these librarians and teachers, same thing, are under incredible pressure um, duress. We already have a massive teacher shortage, as we all know, in the whole state, sure. right? People are not even going into college to be teachers anymore. Right. People aren't applying to teaching positions anymore. Last year at Keller ISD, we had so many openings, they finally said to the community, hey, you don't have to have a teaching certificate to teach here anymore. Just apply for the jobs. Hmm. And that's what we filled a bunch of our teachers with. So that's part of it. And I said the gender fluidity line was the most upsetting. They have ultimately banned at every single grade level, even the existence of a character in a book who is not cisgender. So if you're non if you identify as non-binary and say that in a book, you, that cannot that book mm. can't even exist on a Keller ISD shelf anymore. Someone at our school board meeting said, "What about Cat Kid? Have you heard about Dogman and Cat Kid? Do you have dog a little Dogman, yeah. No. Dogman and yeah. Cat Kid. My so, kid likes if dog you have man. children, you yeah. know Dogman and Cat Kid. I guess in one of the Cat Kid books there are frogs that are non-binary. Frogs. And someone said, someone said, hey, is this book going to get banned at the school board meeting a concern? And someone from the audience was like, "Yes, ban the book." Like, like over, over non-binary frogs. Yes, which, funny enough, frogs can actually be really intersex <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, we could even, whatever, right? Um, so that has been deeply hard for librarians and teachers, right? Um, and then I don't know if you know, uh, in the fall, and it was November, December, our school board voted and passed to arm teachers and staff in our schools. Interestingly enough, um, they got a lot of pushback from the community the month before when they presented the idea. And so they decided to do a community survey. And they said, we will send out an email. We will ask all the staff and all the community, parents, you know, if, what, how they feel. They sent it out. Uh, we all filled it out. That was, you know, whatever. We go to the next school board meeting. And um, they're being super, like, dodgy about it. 
The school board's talking about getting ready to pass it. It's nowhere on the agenda that we get to see the results. They go, and, and we start the meeting, they go into this long explanation and immediately our school board president was like, well, I just need everybody to know that um, we don't really like the number of people that took the survey. We, we don't think it was quite enough people. And then like dodgily walked around the findings and, and said that because they didn't feel like enough people took it, they were gonna make the decision for us. Um, thankfully, we had two school board members there who, who were concerned about this issue and started sharing the numbers with us from their desks, right? They're saying, we have the survey in front of us, these are the numbers. The community and staff have overwhelmingly responded that they do not want to arm teachers. They preferred, and it was interesting, the survey didn't give us the choice of not arming teachers. It, let us, it made us like rank our choices of do you want for security and safety? And the number one pick was um, to have armed SROs and security guards, and it was overwhelmingly against. How many took the survey, do you know? Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers. I think we decided, you know, funny enough, we did look at the numbers. It's about the same percentage of the number of people who voted in the election, about 10% and response rate, which, is, which, which we want to laugh at because their excuse was, hey, we had low voter turnout on this survey, so we're just gonna do whatever we want. And I got up there when I spoke and I said, hey, we had low voter turnout for the election last May and we're still stuck with you, so we stick with that. Um, and they decided and they voted against the wishes of the community and the staff and they decided to uh, pass a resolution that will arm teachers and staff. And so ultimately, you know, this all comes back to elections. It all Again, comes back to elections. After the whole conversation, we end up back at square one. Uh, we've got another election coming up there at the school board. You desperately want to change things. You don't feel like the board is representative of the community. There's going to be people in the community, though, who are listening and saying, I think it's great. I think everything they're doing is wonderful, and I love the direction we're going here. There will How be, yes, I agree. How, how will you change this? How, how will you go against uh, candidates who are so much better funded? And interestingly, we, it seems like we heard a lot about Patriot the last mm -hmm. time. We don't hear that name we as don't. much this time. We really do believe that um, they got enough pushback. And we do know that our community isn't happy about Patriot and Mobile's involvement. We have gotten some feedback from that, that people, it was making people uncomfortable. I hope it made them uncomfortable enough to consider voting. But money's still coming in to yeah, candidates. Interesting, we haven't, so we're looking into that as well. We haven't had the first filing deadline. It's the 30 days after the election season starts. So we don't know where the money's coming from But you're yet. seeing the signs and mailers, aren't you? We haven't seen any Patriot Mobile mailers yet. But you're so, seeing signs and mailers we for are, candidates. We are, yes. Yeah, um, there's money so there. So far, yes. And so we don't know where it's coming from, right? So we're not, we're not sure what we're up against. We also have four more weeks. We don't know what's coming. Um, we don't know what money's being filed, filled into this sister pack, right? Um, that's called the KISD Family Alliance. Uh, we don't know. We don't, we, so we don't know yet. I mean, we may know in the future. We do know that Patriot Mobile at this point is not as involved, and we are very grateful for that. We do believe they got enough pushback from all over the country that was like, what's going on? Well, in politics, do you ever really know that somebody's no. not involved, or is no. it just that they could be involved quietly? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. So, right, we do believe there's a really good chance that their money could be funneling into our are these uh, this sister pack right well i asked myself why did monty bennett give twenty thousand dollars to this pack i i don't know what he's not in keller isd right he's the the hotelier the the trump mega donor in dallas like i don't i don't know why he just gave twenty thousand dollars to this pack in my community that's trying to fund school board races that terrifies me i'm just as concerned about that twenty thousand as i was about patriot mobile but again anybody can give the money yeah they can it's yeah. it, they absolutely can um and until we really decide we're going to start voting for 
our community and waking up and realizing we got to do this, then nothing's going to change. I mean, that's all I can do, right? It's try and passionately explain to people. One of the things that our organization is trying to do is to also simply build um, trust in the community so that our organization becomes one that people come to trust, right, for information and perspectives. Because we are very, very local. It's really, truly a group of parents who have who are doing all this we have we are doing practical full-time jobs to run this not getting paid by the way right Lainey you talked about how local it is for you guys but this is an issue going on statewide it's not just isolated to Keller ISD not just isolated to, to you as uh, parents have you heard from other parents in other districts yes in fact in we're, Texas yeah we actually all, all are coming together in some way we have groups online where we share ideas and perspectives where we also just commiserate and talk to each other about what's happening. Um, yeah, no, we, I mean, so it's the social media for the win, right? We've got Twitter, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram. Yes, we are meeting people all over the state. We've had, um, we've had organizations like Freedom. It's a group that's Freedom spelled F-R-E-A-D-O-M. They're an organization in Austin of librarians that are just helping that, you know, they, they just kind of help elevate our message. They give us, you know, pointers. They say, hey, this is happening here. They let us know what's going on at the state legislature. So yeah, no, we're finding each other in the state. We exist. There are a lot of us and we're just starting to realize, oh, we got to get, we got to get mobilized. So yeah, all, in fact, all over the nation, even last night, I got a friend request on Facebook, funny enough, from someone I didn't know. And so I was like, I don't know who this is. And I got this DM that said, hey, I, I actually happen to live nearby. And I was seeing what was going on all over the state of Texas and books, book banning. And, and your name popped up in this article. And then I Googled you and I realized you live near me. Can we be friends? And I kind of did a little research to see who the, you know, because I, um, one thing actually a lot of fake accounts have popped up. Hmm. trying to gain access to me specifically this year, harass hmm. me, pretend to be someone they're not. So anytime I'm accepting friend requests now or even engaging with people, I have to make sure they're real people first. Um, so I do that before That's I- wise. Yeah, I mean, anyway. So no, there are people all over the state, yes. And we are coming together. We're sharing ideas of how to work hardest and best in our community. Are any as organized as you guys are in Keller? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So right after the Patriot Mobile thing happened last year, the four districts that Patriot Mobile focused on Mansfield, Carroll, Grapevine, Colleyville, and Keller. A group of us all parents, in North Texas. all in North Texas, mm -hmm. Tarrant County ultimately, mm -hmm. um, because we are the last. I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. Tarrant County is the last urban Republican sure. county in America, right. but we're at like what 49, 51 percent. Like there have been it's, some it's, really tight elections. Yeah. We're, we're really neck and neck. Yeah. Anyway. Um, after that election, we all, yeah, we all found each other online. Oh, you have the exact same mailer, mailer in your mailbox, just with different pictures on it. You know, I mean, we're talking the exact mailer. They just mm. took out the pictures of the candidates and replaced, replaced them. them. And so, yeah, we have actually a really tight, I've made some really good friends this year. I mean, truly lifelong friends, a really tight knit group of us who have uh, some group chats going constantly, hundreds and hundreds of messages, helping each other out daily, truly like a new family all here in North Texas. Okay, so uh, your piece of advice here to, to people, whether they be in Keller ISD, Houston ISD, wherever yes. they are in this state. Leander, Katie, Round Rock, all of them. What What's your advice to people? They're getting, you know, per perhaps inundated with mailers, uh, you know, maybe more than they've ever seen for local elections, especially school board. They're seeing these signs popping up everywhere. And, you know, I think that a, a lot of people either tend to not vote in those races that they just don't know anything about that get further down the mm -hmm. ballot 
or they go, oh, well, you know what? I have seen that name a lot, so I'll just go for that one. Mm -hmm. What's your advice to people? My advice to people would be to start educating yourself, start researching. If you really want to find like-minded people too, I would say go to school board meetings and see who's speaking and who's speaking about the issues that speak to your heart, you're passionate about, introduce yourself, go get to know them, get online, find out who is mobilizing. It's going to take a little bit of work. You're going to have to start asking around, talking to people in your community, getting on Twitter, getting on Facebook, getting on Instagram. Um, again, my number one piece of advice would be to go to school board meetings, see what's happening, start talking to people, but educate yourself, figure it out, start talking to the people you trust, start talking to the voices you trust um, to figure out what it actually is going on in your specific district because this this kind of is about political parties but it kind of isn't too right and we don't you can't when you go to vote city council races at least in Keller and school board races around statewide. the state okay yeah. they're not partisan so you don't know right. who you're voting for which I'm actually grateful for um, but it takes away that easy, like, mm -hmm. oh, I usually vote R or D, yep. and, and this makes it a little bit harder, so gotta, and I don't know what to do here. you got to go figure it out. A couple of do things, some work. A couple of things about that, though. If I don't have kids, I might go, well, why do I care about that? Well, if I've got a school down the street from mm -hmm. me, and it's a really good school, my property value yep. depends a lot on that school and what happens with that school and what happens in that district. Same if it's a terrible school and yep. it's doing bad. I, I like that you ask and answer the question. That's the best. <laughs> we're going to have the podcast with just <laughs> me, me and you next time. You, right? You've criticized me before he for long questions. Now, now yeah. I've, I, I've actually gone further and I'm doing question up, and answer. Impressive. Well, Impressive. also your property tax money is your money. It's being spent. See, um, she had stuff to add. Right. Also, I like to say, hey, like this is, we're communities here. This is about more than just money, right? I mean, I would hope that you would want to invest in your community. And I even said this at the last school board race. I know this sounds cliche, but is there anywhere we'd rather spend our tax money invested in than our children and their futures? It just, so yeah, like that's where your money's going when you pay taxes. Um, also, this is the future of our community. This is the well-being of your community, right? This is, this is people with jobs. At some point, these kids are going to grow up and have jobs. That, do they want to stay in your community? Are they going to help build your community? I mean, when children are doing well, and they're well-educated, and they're healthy, and they're happy, and they're secure, as a society, we're better. As communities, we're better. We're safer. We're happier. Like, this is a team effort. So as much as we talk about property taxes, which we do a lot, yeah. and that's like everybody's number one reason to and get involved. So, and yeah. I get it, right? Because I'm paying property taxes. Yeah. I got four Lots. kids. Um, these are also like, this is our future. These are our children. This is our community. If that's not what we're living for, then what are we living for? Just to be rich, right? Like, this is more, you know. So I like to remind everyone that these are people and children, and there are voices who can't speak up. Right. And, and the most marginalized voices without any of the money, they benefit the most from really great public schools that take care of them and watch out for them. So for some kids, public school is a place, their only safe place, sure. the only place they can eat. So let's make these places accepting and opening and inviting of all of them and prioritizing them over I'm paid too much in property taxes. Yeah. Although I get it. I don't want, I'm, I'm all for. You sound like Whiteley now. Yeah. Right. I'm yeah. all for responsible spending. I don't want massive budget shortfalls. I don't want it. Even as like a, 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 a admittedly a left leaner, 
I still don't want all of my money spent unwisely and beyond the budget. I do not. I don't actually know anyone who really does. Yeah. So yeah, it's anyway. I, I joke about it, but I complain about property taxes yeah. probably more than you do. Don't uh, blame me, man. Come the, on. <laughs> the last point that I was going to make in that extended filibuster question and answer and, session. And the Q&A you gave? Yeah, yeah. The self-contained Q&A uh, was that, you know, I, I, I kind of think like I, I think like every man sometimes. Uh, do you really? As dense <laughs> as I am, like this beer that I'm having, um, I... I I think that, you know, a lot of people will hear you say, do your research, do your homework. You got to get to work. You got to know these candidates, blah, 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 blah. And I think, oh, that's that's there's the off putter right there. I know. But the thing is, when you really get down to it, a, you know, you just made the case for how important it is and why it's important. You know, it's for our kids and our future and our society, et cetera. But it's also, you know, in your school district, at your, at your school board, you're not going to have everybody on the ballot at the same time. No. You might have two races. We have two. You we know? have two. This, yeah. And I think three at the most at a given time. Maybe. So it's yeah. really not right. that big of a lift to know what you're going in there for. And I know life is busy, whatever, you know. I've, I feel this way when I get to the judicial races a lot of uh -huh. times. Yep. But you got to spend, you know, if you're going to bother to show up to vote, spend that 10 minutes, that 15 minutes, that 20 minutes sitting there and just learning something about what you're voting for, yep. who you're voting for. No, I agree. And it's not always fun. But yeah, no, it's it's worth. We have to do it. It's worth it, I mean, right? Like, and one other thing that's a little harder too is you can't almost trust their websites. You go to the website, it's just going to say fluffy, happy things, right? So you actually sometimes have to do a little bit more. But talk to the people that you trust. Talk to your neighbors. It's worth. It's worth it. It's worth figuring this out. Um, and like you said, these local political elections are where we have the most sway. It's where we have the most influence. It's where we can actually call the person making the rule and sit down and chat with them in their office. Like, I'm not going to get Ted Cruz's office to sit down and have a chat with me, right? But I might get my school board member or my local representative, Stephanie Click. I might get her to be, in fact, she's my neighbor. So I can get her attention. And these races are more important for that reason, right? Is because this is where you have a say. And if you're going to complain about property taxes, you probably should do something about it. Educate yourself and find out how to make sure that money is spent wisely. Elect people spending it. Do the work, Whiteley. I vote, my friend. I vote. <laughs> property taxes are too much. Hey, in the very beginning, Lainey, you mentioned that the, the GOP recognizes that the key that turns the lock. That's what they said, called it. Is, is I think those are Steve Bannon's words. Steve Ugh. Bannon's words. Who, who, whoever uh, said that? It, 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 it's smart in a sense because it is. the GOP recognizes: yeah. start at the bottom, build your way up. The election's coming up. My qu my last question. I don't know the answer to it like Wheeler does. <laughs> uh, but my last question is: how will <laughs> how will you measure success if you are coming in from a position where you're behind yeah. financially? How will you measure success that all this work you've done? Passing out these cards and these flyers and block walking is worth it. I think for us, I mean, clearly we would like our candidates to win, um, but we're realistic. Uh, and I think a measure of success is if, if we get voter turnout even a little bit higher, right? If we, we know the numbers. If voter turnout is a few thousand people higher, that makes me happy because we've, we've engaged that many more people in the community and it will just kind of set us up for the future of what we need to continue to do and how we can do things better. Um, but yeah, voter turnout at this point is a huge indicator of whether or not we reached anybody with our messaging. Mm -hmm. and, and I would assume, uh, I'll finish with this, uh, that, that your goal is uh, still the same as it was when we talked to you last August and that is uh, that school board meetings become boring make, again. Make school board meetings boring again. <laughs> And they can get real boring when they start talking oh, yeah. about bonds and money. I, I, in school, I don't know if anybody knows school finance. It's awful. Yeah. 
Education finance is the most confusing, boring, overwhelming thing I've ever looked at. But you want to go back to that. I mean, yeah, kind of, <laughs> I do. I yeah. do. I absolutely the, the do. The good old boring days. Uh, yep. By the way, we never asked you before we started here what you were drinking. Oh, I'm drinking a sparkling water. <laughs> My boring pineapple Waterloo. She gets up every day <laughs> and teaches fitness classes. At 5 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. only do 5 a.m. if I'm forced to against my will. Generally, 8 a.m. is my magic spot. Clearly, you're living the probably better life or <laughs> certainly the healthier life. I've got four are. kids. I need all of the energy and health and wellness I can get. I well, Wheeler goes to bed about 8 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he, he's awake about 2 in the afternoon is when he gets up. Well, so, listen, yeah. I'm, I went to the Taylor Swift concert with my 12-year-old daughter oh, Sunday wow. night, and I am still tired. Really? We didn't get home till 1.31. That's wow. way past my bedtime. Wow. Wheeler, and you so, were by yourself, though, on Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I may have seen you. <laughs> yeah. How was it, Jason? I was the Wait, guy over there talking did to you myself go to your, like I do in podcasts. You went by yourself? No, I didn't. Oh, he's, okay. he's, he's giving me a, he's trying to get, uh, give me hate in a nice oh, way. Anyway. So Whitely yeah. really does love me. <laughs> All right, as we take that last swig of beer here. <laughs> God, that was a big swig there. Was the concert good? No, I was just thinking, I was just imagining you like in the fourth row watching. I'm having to You be as a Swifty is what I was trying to imagine, essentially. Yeah, I, I can I, see it. She does good work. I can't she that. was did not you, a huge listener, but she I'm, does good And work. I'm not a diehard fan. My 12-year-old is. It was good. Yeah. It was entertaining. Yeah, she's printing money. I she's can tell you that. She's printing money because she took mine. Yeah. Well, she's not printing it. She's just taking ours. She's taking it, right. Because I bought two $50 t-shirts. So, Jeez. yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, you got to get a concert. $50 t-shirt. Ouch. T-shirt. Or a cotton t-shirt. I'm yes. going to take another swig that's, on that oh note. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Although, I have to be careful. This is 9.5%, you know. Wow. Ooh. That's why And that's really why we need lower property taxes. Because the... No, the, no the, to buy t-shirts. $50 Taylor know, Swift t-shirts. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Not because of the percentage uh, of my beer. I know. You, yeah, you threw me off on that. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Laney Halls, thanks for being back on. It, it's interesting to see. You know, a lot of people talk about, oh, we need to do something. You actually did it. That's why we wanted to have you back on the. Uh, I don't know why you did. Here. Like I, I, every time when I see people get involved these days, it's because it's so, <laughs> there's so much rancor, there's so much division, there's hatred and threats and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. And I just and and I do. I appreciate when people get involved. And you know, both sides. You know, if you yeah. feel passionate enough to get in there and do it. But I do question, right. like, why? Well, yeah, let's why are not you doing let's that? not be so hateful, right? right? Let's. I am passionate, which I do know comes across occasionally as maybe a little aggressive, right, and extreme. Um, but I'm just. I really am actually kind of moderate and a little bit boring. I'm just very. I'm very. I'm not boring. I'm very good at telling my story. I'll say that. But that passion, right? And it is. It's hard for a lot of other people. I've had so many people thank me, Lainey. I would be. I'm terrified. I can't do this. Thank you for being my voice. You know, this is scary. Like we we want to help, but I'm scared to speak at school board meetings. I'm glad you mm. are. Here's 50 bucks, right, for your organization because I'm too afraid to stand up there. That's but I do want to help. So I'm just we're trying to find ways, and those are the people. Well, the best way you can help is to vote. Mm -hmm. It's right? nuts, but I totally get it. Uh, and you know, let's just you know, let's take it a step further, and you know, maybe we can get politics to be a little bit more boring. Again, yeah, right. No, I I wholeheartedly agree. Well, we can even keep them interesting, but maybe just less. Just stop fighting with each other. Over yeah, it as less much, hateful. You know? Let's yeah. let's actually recognize there is there are some good conversations to be had, and maybe we can find some middle ground yeah. because I do believe that I really do. I, I think people have more common than they realize. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I uh, agree. And I think about 80% of us live in that common space. Yeah, uh, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, that 80% has to show up, though. That 80% has to show up because it's the, right. it's the other two extremes that are voting. Mm. So that means that we are at the tyranny of the minority. I say that a lot. But we're being misrepresented. Low voter turnout leads to misrepresentation and extremism. 
especially at the local level. And we don't need representatives that only represent very, very narrow extreme interests, especially at our local levels. Laney Halls, Keller ISD, uh, you know, a parent uh, who got involved. Uh, the name of the organization again? Keller ISD Families for Public Education. And thanks yep. for coming on with us and uh, yeah, updating us yeah. as we make our way through the first school year since we talked to you last. Okay. And a quick shout out to Odd Muse Brewery here in uh, Carrollton, Farmers Branch, Farmers Branch Addison, Dallas, Addison. Far North Dallas. I think they say Far North Dallas because it really yeah. is. I mean, it's in the shadows of the Galleria. I, I put it into uh, Google Maps and it showed up as Dallas. So um, okay, but but for whatever the reason, uh, the Ombibulus was fantastic. The pre-prohibition pilsner that they found this recipe and started brewing up as was the opulence as was the sparkling yeah, water, sparkling sure. water. Yeah. i don't think that's brewed here locally though, <laughs> no. <the> sparkling water. <laughs> they, they don't have the uh, the fountain in the back uh thanks so much for listening as always really appreciate it and uh, make sure you hit the follow button if you know somebody who's interested in texas politics uh share this podcast with them let them know about yolitics and uh kevin o'brien if you're still with us this far into the podcast Thanks again for the shout out and uh, and where to go to try some new Texas craft beer. And special thanks again to our guest, Lainey Halls, and our other guest today, Jason Wheeler, who was answering questions as well. <laughs> Ask and answer. I loved it. <laughs> Click subscribe and get Yolitics every week. Eolitics, the unofficial political podcast of Texas.